This is Welcome to the Ville, the official podcast of the Louisville Cardinals. I'm Nick Curran. Thanks so much for tuning in. However you found us on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, we certainly appreciate you streaming, subscribing, downloading, and uh, yes, rating. If you could throw uh, some ratings our way, we would certainly appreciate it. As you know, the Cardinal family lost a pillar of Louisville basketball, and more importantly, a great man back on June 2nd when Wes Unseld passed away at the age of 74. The Louisville native and Seneca High School product became known on the floor for his superhuman outlet passes, brick wall-like screens, and intense competitive fire. Off the floor, he worked tirelessly to serve the community in which he lived, particularly the youth of the community. As we keep the Unseld family in our thoughts and prayers, this episode is dedicated to the Louisville native. We'll talk with three of Unseld's former teammates, all of whom have some great memories to share. First off, Butch Beard, who roomed with Unseld at UofL and was a year younger. The two also were opponents in both high school in Kentucky and in the NBA, with Beard's Golden State Warriors defeating Unseld's Washington Bullets for the NBA title in 1975. We welcome in Cardinal legend Butch Beard. Butch, how are you? I'm doing fine. Good to good to hear from you, and, and thanks for doing this. And obviously, uh, this whole episode dedicated to to Wes Unseld and and sharing some of the the stories and and memories of him and and you, uh, obviously, uh, you know, going all the way back to to high school before your Breckenridge County team won the state title in 1965, and you were Mister Basketball. You guys were runner up to to Wes Unseld and, and Seneca in 64. What, what do you remember about playing against the guy that would, that would become your college teammate? Well, first of all, he was the biggest player that I ever played against in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> that in itself had an impression, but, uh, in 64, when, uh, when we were at the state tournament, uh, back then the Kentucky high school association had all the teams in the same hotel, and it just so happened that Seneca and Breckenridge County were on the same floor. We crossed paths, you know, most of the week. And then one day, Wes said in the hallway, he said, hey, why don't you guys come over and play, you know, dominoes? So as the week went along, I became pretty friendly with him. And then we had to go out and play against him, you know, for the championship that Saturday night, which was really strange in itself. But uh, uh, Wes was a much better person than he was a basketball because he was a very good person trust me that's uh that's what to a man everyone that we've uh you know been able to read about and and hear from the last week or so has uh has said what 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 do you remember some some off the other than the dominoes of the state tournament some off the floor uh memories of of Wes <laughs> we we actually room together i the University of Louisville Miller Hall is now one of the oldest buildings on the campus. Was a new building when I stepped foot on the campus, and Wes was in the hall. And there weren't supposed to be any freshmen in there, but uh, the basketball coaches decided that they would room Wes and me together. So I was the only freshman in Miller Hall. <laughs> and it used to be funny how. Sometimes I would rearrange our room and Wes would come in and he didn't like it. <laughs> we used to have fights, you know, I mean, not fights, fight, you know, we would have wrestling matches. And so one day I decided that I would, you know, tackle him as he started to come into the room. 
And I did. I hit him with a pretty good block. <laughs> but he braced himself, and he says, when you get finished, you let me know, okay? So I said, oh, Lord, no. So he just threw me on the doggone on my bed and just started beating my thighs. It was it was truly remarkable because the next day at practice, uh, <laughs> Heck Hickman said, what happened to your legs? I said, why don't you talk to the big fella there about that? <laughs> it was, it was, it really was. I, that that was the gentle giant that he was, you know, really. But he was, he was really a piece of work. He really was. And obviously, you guys close rooming together. What do you remember about playing with him on the floor? Oh, no, no, no. We <laughs> the best outlet pass in the history of basketball bar none, high school, college, or whatever. And as we laid in bed, a lot of times he would used to tell me, you just block your man out, count to three, I'll get the rebound, and I'm going to make sure that you can go out there and do your thing on the break. And <laughs> and that's what happened. That's what I did. I, I You know, I just blocked my man out, count to three, watched him when he got the rebound, and then I took off. And he was able to give me the ball, and I was able to run the break the way that I'd been doing most of my career. So he made me what I am today. Yeah, he um, just listening. Obviously, I, I never saw him play, but listening to so many of the stories from so many different people, um, you know, th th there's there's the impact he made without having to, to necessarily score or, or uh, those sorts of things, setting screens and the outlet passes, as you mentioned. Um, it, it's pretty incredible the impact he was able to have on the game without, without being uh, the main scorer a lot of times. No, he wasn't a scorer. Wes didn't, he didn't like the score. I did like the score, so therefore it hit me just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he – the one thing about him, and, and here's the other thing. Everybody, if you look back, they will list him 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, Wes is a legit 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, okay? He wasn't any bigger. He wasn't any taller than that. But he was 6'5", wide, okay? The most, the most impressive thing about him, is he had long arms for his size. And he was quick off his feet for his built. And that's what made him unique. And I, I can't think of any other player that I played against or played with that had that type of skill. High, uh, high praise. He played with a lot of good ones. And, and uh, you guys obviously both uh, moved on to the NBA. How, how much did your, your paths cross over, over your years, both of your years in the NBA as players and then in, in various roles in coaching and, and that sort of thing? Uh oh we, you know, we ran, we ran across each other quite a few times. Uh, the, I laugh now, you know, about 75 when the Golden State Warriors played the Washington Bullets at that time, not Wizards, and we won the championship. Uh, it, as I said to him when we walked off the floor, I said, now we're one and one since she, her team beat my team for the state title and, and my team beat your team for the NBA title. Not exactly the same, but <laughs> <laughs> still one and one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you, you got a pretty good end of that deal uh, going, going to win the NBA title uh, against them. And uh, how much, 
how much and I'm I'm guessing you've had a lot of time to to reflect on this especially in the last few days but how much does it mean to you um to be you know a part of really the the building blocks of the Louisville basketball program and and kind of bursting it onto a national scene um obviously you were a part of that with Wes and 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 others uh, you know on those teams there in the 60s uh how much does that mean to you and the legacy you've left there well I Wes is the one who built, he built it from a regional to a national power, okay? National recognition. I mean, the rest of us followed along, you know, after he went. So I would, <laughs> I would have to say that the university has to do a much better job of recognizing what he's done for them, okay? I, I do have a problem with that. I don't, <laughs> so now we're on this podcast, but I do have a problem that they should step up and recognize what he did for the university. It's a shame that we couldn't do it while he was still alive, but it should be done. Okay? No question. I, I think uh, a lot of folks... Certain... See, I don't even think... Uh, you don't even know. You're young. How old are you? I'm 31. Oh, you're a baby. Hell, I got shoes as old as you. Okay? <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, see, that's what I'm saying. You, when you came on campus, you never knew about Wes Unsel. When you really got associated with the University of Louisville, you never knew about Wes Unsel. And that should have never been. So that's the reason why I say that the university should step up and really honor him the way that he needs to be honored. What 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 sorts of ways? I, I know uh, the statue is one and, and certainly uh, much deserved of that. Well, that's a start. The statue is a start, trust me, because of the mere fact that I don't think that a lot of African-American players would have followed. And that should be that should be recognized. I give Wade Houston, Eddie Whitehead, yeah. you know, all the credit in the world for making that move uh, back then. But it was Wes who put Louisville on the map and really got people, got other African-American players conscious of the fact that the University of Louisville had a big time basketball program. How much how much did him going there affect your decision to go there? The only reason why I went. Yeah. And I know have, <laughs> it didn't have anything to do about anything else. Um, because of our friendship, one year later, one year before, during the state tournament, I got to know him a little bit and I thought to myself it'd be better to play with him than against him. And uh, you said it. Uh, you're you're not the only one. A lot of people uh, followed suit because of because of him having played there. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a great uh, way to end it, and, and kind of says it all. Butch, really really appreciate the time, and and uh, very sorry for your loss. And thanks for sharing some uh, some memories with us. Okay, thank you. Next up, Wade Houston. Houston played at Louisville from 1962 to 1966, including two years alongside Wes Unsell. Houston paved the way for Unsell to choose U of L's. Houston, along with Eddie Whitehead and Sam Smith, became the first three African-American basketball players in Cardinal history. Now we bring in Cardinal legend Wade Houston. Wade, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thanks. Good. Uh, good to hear. Uh, so when, when you hear the name Wes Unsell, what, what are some of the first things that come to mind? Uh, great teammate. Great teammate. Um, impressive 
player, impressive person. Um, someone I enjoy playing with, being around, and just just to watch him go from a eleventh uh, grader at Seneca High School, winning two state championships, coming to U of L when there was so much pressure on him to go other places. Um, having a chance to visit with Wes and his mom and big Charles, his dad, getting to know the family. The whole experience is just, just such a great positive experience. And I, it's just, I'm just fortunate to have been just a small part of that. Yeah. It was, uh, was reading an article, um, and mentioned how you and, and Eddie Whitehead and others went and watched, uh, West play, uh, quite a bit in, in high school. What, what do you remember about, about watching him play high school ball at Seneca? Uh, you know, kind of a gentle giant. He, he just, uh, uh, knew so much about the game, how the game was played. And, and I think in large part because he played on such great high school teams, guys like David Cosby, Mike Red, and he grew up playing with his, his brother, George. And then he had two other brothers, brothers like Ike and Doc. So uh, just his, his court awareness, his knowledge of the game, and just, um, just, just being able to, to transfer transfer that to the college level because you know a lot of a lot of guys just are just like men among boys at the high school level because of their size and their strength but when west got to u of l and it, it just transferred right into the college level and he did the same thing in college that he did in high school yeah i i I read uh, another quote in one of the stories from you that said uh, he was—he never really looked like a, a freshman, so he came in and, and was able to hit the ground running right away. Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, at that time, freshmen couldn't play, couldn't play varsity, but but just to play against him as a freshman, you know, we had all varsity guys, like seniors, some guys like 21, 22 years old as seniors, and. I was a junior when he was a freshman, and uh, I, I just I just couldn't believe the, uh, the the way he could adjust coming from high school to a freshman, and it made us better as as a varsity just having to play against him as a freshman. So it made a big difference just helping everybody because of his his skill level. What? Uh... On the floor, his his skills. What what stands out to you as you were, uh, if you were kind of breaking him down as a player? Just things that you couldn't teach, like his outlet passing, uh, his his nose for the ball. Like it's almost like he he was like a vacuum. It's like when the, when the rebound came up, he like he was always on the right side of the of of the of the goal, uh, long rebounds. Um, so once he became a varsity player, it just made it so much easier for us because it's kind of funny because, you know, I considered myself a rebounder too at the time, but he would tell me, he would say, wait, just, just move over, get out of my way. I'm getting the rebound. So you go to the outlet area. And I said, are you serious? I said, I got a guy now I'm playing with where I've been fighting for rebounds all this time. Now all of a sudden, all I got to do is find the open spot and he's going to hit you. And, uh, and that's what he did. I mean, he just make out that pass. He started, he was a human fast break because he started to break for us. And, uh, you, you didn't have to have to try to 
figure out what lanes you're going to run, how you're going to, you know, this guy comes to the middle, this guy fills the lanes. He's going to find the first open guy, and he's going to start to break this off of his rebound and outlet pass. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, amazing a lot of the, the the memories that folks have shared the last few days. Uh, any any uh, any stories that kind of stand out to you from from uh, from maybe off the floor from your from your time at U of L together? Um, you know, he was a very intellectual guy. You know, he he participated in all the the campus activities and uh, and plays. Uh, I can't remember the name of the play that we all talked about that where he he performed an on-campus play. So. You know, I'm saying this. This is this is the start of something more than just being a good athlete. This is a guy, you know, who knew the, the faculty members, who knew the other students, and uh, he, to me, he transformed uh, the whole university in terms of its athletics and getting guys to participate not only just in, in events on the court but off the court. So. Uh, just, just a model guy, you know, and, and I think everybody looked up to him for that reason, even though he was younger when I was there, but still, uh, to me, he, he transformed the, the whole, the whole athletic department in a, in a lot of ways. And then he, he became so successful once he left the university, it, it, it just, uh, uh, made me understand that I was thinking along the, the right path on how impactful he was when he came into the university. How much, how much pride do you take in, in seeing, um, you know, someone like him come in, obviously you and Eddie Whitehead and Sam Smith kind of paved the way being the, the first three African-Americans to play in, at UofL in basketball and, and, uh, you know, kind of paving the way for, for guys like Wes to, to, to come in and, and be able to, to carry the mantle further. Yeah, I, I would like to think that the way Eddie and Sam and I uh, carried ourselves there when we came in in 1962 paved the way for guys like Wes. And then you had guys like Butch Beard who came in, mm -hmm. uh, Dave Gilbert. And as I, when I left the university and I was started coaching in high school, just just to watch those guys play, um, it just, I'm, I just said to myself, hopefully it was something that we did with the, with Miss Ansel. And we, of course, we used to go out and have dinner with the family and we just kind of, they had a kind of had a place at the table for us. And you could just see how, how close they were as a family. And so when we, when we would, we showed up, it was, it was, uh, just an extended family. And that doesn't always happen. You know, you have guys sometimes that are a little jealous. They want to have a starting position, but we knew how good Wes was. I knew how important the family was, uh, to the, to the community and to the university. So it, it just gave us all a sense of pride, uh, that he was there and that he came and hope. And we were thinking that we might've had a small part to play in that. You, you mentioned everything he did on the floor earlier and, um, the outlet passes, some vicious screens. There's been some, some really good stories of, of some of the screens that, that Wes set on different guys. Um, you, you know, you, you coach for a long time. Have you 
is there is there anyone or anybody that comes close to affecting the game like he did without without having to score? Um, maybe Rodney McCray. Sure. You know, Rodney Rodney was one that I thought uh, uh, resembled West to some degree. Was I think Rodney might have been the third pick in the draft and only averaged maybe 12, 13 points a game. Um, so, so there were some similarities. Rodney was, was a tremendous outlet passer like West, great team player like West. And, um, of course, West is so unique in that he averaged, I think, 18 rebounds a game for three years. So, I mean, that's, that's almost unheard of, but, but Rodney would be one person who comes to mind, uh, it reminds me a lot of Wes. How much, as you were coaching, obviously a, a long time as an assistant at Louisville, then a head coach at Tennessee, and you mentioned before that your, your high school coaching days as well, a state title at Mayo. Um, what did you did you bring up Wes to any of your your players? Is that is that something that you did? Uh, you know, as as maybe you were trying to get a guy to to embrace maybe that kind of a role. I did it to a certain degree at UofL when I when I was coaching there, and when Rodney came in, because the more I watched Rodney play, the more he reminded me of Wes. So uh, I, Rodney and I would would talk a little bit, and I just talk about some of the th- some of the success that Wes had, because he had he did a lot of things that Rodney was doing as a, even as a freshman, but but I never I never had anybody on the high school level. Or at uh, even when I went to Tennessee, that to me had the same skill level and the same resemblance of Wes, but but Rodney certainly did, and, and Rodney and I talked about that a lot about how you don't have to score 25, 20, 25 points a game to impact the game and to have success at the next level. What is uh, – we'll leave you on this one. What What's Wes Unseld's legacy that, that he leaves behind to you? What What does that mean to you? You know, I, I'm not so sure that Wes was, wasn't the best player that, that played at Louisville. I mean, he had to be in the top three or four to me, if, if not the best. And we've had some great ones there. As, you know, a lot of the fans and a lot of the – players will will uh, testify to but uh, when you count all all the things that he did when he was there all the way he affected the school the game and turned down other uh, universities and other people to come there and, and to be a part of, of the school and the community I, I just I just think he was he was as impactful as anybody we've had at the university and people forget about how how talented and how how skilled he was. It wasn't he wasn't just a rebounder. I mean, the guy could score. I mean, he could he could pass. He could he could defend. Uh, had the whole package. So I mean, I just think he was just the just the uh, the person that really transformed basketball at the University of Louisville. Well said, Wade. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing some memories with us. Okay, you're welcome. Finally, Jerry King. King is a Louisville native who, like Butch Beard, was a year younger than Unseld and competed against him in high school. King and Flage High competed against Unseld's Seneca team. 
Unsell left such an impression that King wanted to play alongside the post player at UofL. We welcome in Cardinal legend Jerry King. Jerry, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on here. We appreciate it. And um, obviously, this is focused on the Wes Unsell, the, talking to a number of folks about what uh, what they remember about him. And I guess we start with with what does that sort of make you think about when you when you hear the name Wes Unseld and when you've um I know you've had a chance probably to reflect on a lot of memories in the last uh, week plus and what uh, what have you reflected on as you've kind of looked back well um <clears throat> thank you for having me Nick and uh what that what that really caused me to do was to uh think about the first time I uh, met Wes and that was in 19 uh, I want to say 64 I was at Flagey High School, and he was at Seneca, and there was a, I guess he was a senior then, I was a junior, and uh, we were at uh, Bellarmine Knights Hall, 2,500 people, packed house. Um, we lost 60 to 40. He had 16 points, and I managed 16 points from, obviously, out on the floor. But I said, after that game, I said to myself, I really want to play with him and not against him. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was our first encounter. And they won the state championship twice. And uh, and so I had that uh, first reflection. And then, uh, you know, of course, from there, um, one, he was the main reason that I signed with uh, the University of Louisville. Um, he had, I had been signed, uh, you know, a year before I played. I'm one year behind him, mm -hmm. so... Um, that's kind of what, uh, drove me to really consider, uh, the U of L and it was Wes Unseld, um, uh, Butch Beard signed after I signed and my roommate, Denny Deacon signed, we both were at Plage and, uh, uh, Wes, um, Wes was certainly, uh, to me, uh, the rock, the foundation, you know, a tower of strength, um, and a man that, uh, I wanted to be with, uh, to go win a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. You... Well, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, um, that as I entered, uh, entered the U of L as freshman, uh, Butch and I, you know, we had to, um, scrimmage, uh, against Wes, who was, <clears throat> I guess, then a sophomore, but um, you had to face him every day, and then that pretty much reinforced uh, what I'd said before: is you want to, you want to obviously be with him and not <laughs> against him. <laughs> so we had to do that uh, most every day as uh, as freshmen. I, I would imagine that was quite the task, and had to have uh, made you better. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, to that point, you, I, you said to, I was reading. Uh, Courier Journal article, and you said uh, something to the effect of, you know, if you weren't doing your job, that that he would give you that look. What was uh, uh, such a competitor? What what was what was that, that like? Look. Take take us behind the scenes there. Well, that um, that was his quiet way of uh, of leading us. Uh, it was um, uh, this quiet leadership that uh, was pretty much instilled in all of us uh, from uh, just those uh, 
you know, grueling foundation. Uh, I mean, the grueling uh, practices um, when you would get to uh, get a feel for um, just how strong a man he was. And uh, if you weren't mm, rebounding, doing your uh, doing your particular job, or lose a man and you had to switch off and this or that out there on the court, uh, you would get um, not too much on the verbal side, but it was just a stare. <laughs> and then you would uh, you would know even before the coach would uh, would say something. And you didn't really want to let anyone down, especially him. Sometimes a look says it all. You, uh, what, what, what kind of memories do you have about uh, about the the player he was? Uh, you've talked about it a little bit, but the player he was on the floor and and playing alongside with him in college. Yeah, yeah, on the floor, um, I would say uh, you would you would look at uh, his uh, footwork was incredible. I think it started there. Everyone knows how strong he was, but. He worked very hard at uh, go, you know, left and right. So he would um, pin a person. He would pin his uh, defender with that strong body or that leg. He had drop steps that were that were really really good. And then he would come back over the middle with a, a swinging hook shot that um, you know couldn't be blocked by very few people. I, you would never see Wesley get uh, a shot blocked. He played against like Rich Neiman from. Uh, St. Louis, a name you probably don't hear anymore, but in the Missouri Valley, it's a seven foot one center out of, like I said, like St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wes would uh, always do 20 points and, you know, 18, 17, 18 rebounds and outplay him uh, in the Valley. Um, uh, of course, I could, I could go on, but I'd say, I'd say that plus his, uh, everyone knows about his rebounding ability. I would, I would say, that was incredible. Um, I recall the very first, the opening game when I was moved up to the to, to be a sophomore. We played uh, Georgetown in an opening game, uh, Nick, and he was a junior then. Um, he was about we're winning the game. I don't know, fourteen, fifteen points, and coach calls timeout and said let's get the ball down to Wes and and I want him to break the record and Wes said don't don't even think about changing the offense for me these last two minutes he said just shoot it I'll go get it and that's what he did and he ended up breaking uh, Bud Olson's record of uh, 44 points in one game and uh, Wes ended up with 45 so I, I, it was a, a great night for him record uh, that still stands on the men's side um, uh, to this yes. day uh, yes it's still there yeah, uh, UL wins one eighteen to eighty six. And let me add this too: there was no three pointers, and no shot clocks. And you know, uh, routinely we'd we'd be in the nineties or go over the hundred hundred mark uh, hundred point uh, mark. Yeah, pretty impressive yeah. when you uh, when you put it in that perspective too, with the with the game of of that time and and no shot clock and those sorts of things. Um, yes. A, a lot of the stories folks have told, um, you know, been hearing over the last week have been really neat. And a lot of them have focused on, on Wes kind of as a person off the floor. W- what do you remember about him maybe away from basketball? Um, <clears throat> a, um, he seemed to me to be very studious. You'd see him around campus. Um, you know, he was always uh, attending classes and uh, 
um, yeah, so I'm carrying a lot of books over there to Threckled Hall and Miller Hall. So uh, <laughs> we would, <laughs> and occasionally there'd be a diversion over uh, to the um, uh, Cardinal Inn, which was a great hangout for everybody. Um, the Georges, uh, you might remember Johnny George or some of your listeners, Johnny George who mm-hmm. ran the, uh, the, uh, the old Cardinal Inn right there. It just seemed to be right on campus. And uh, you could run into always get a hamburger there and uh you know there was there was always the guys who were hanging there but he was uh he would stop by our room sometime too uh you know we we all kind of roomed together on the same floors and i think one of the things he liked about our room deacon and i is that we had uh always had the uh Oh, Dell's on. Stay in my corner in some of the uh, great hits from uh, The Temptations. So I, I always was a was a place where they could come in and sit on a bed. There were, you know, the rooms weren't big enough for chairs. So he was very friendly um, guy and uh, and wanted to be. He was. He was liked by everybody. Let me just say that everybody liked. He never heard a bad word said about Wes. Never. So, um, and his family was great. Uh, Mr. Unsell, Big Charles. You remember they called him Big Charles, and he was always kind of hanging out too. Um, he just had a, a wonderful support from his family. Yeah. And, a lot of uh, that's obviously still holds. You haven't yeah, found you anyone. still hear you still hear some of that. I'm sure. No, yeah. no question. Um, how how much did it mean to you um, to be part of of that of of those teams? Obviously, that was a a big time in the program's history, the basketball program's history. When you look back, really building the foundation for for what has come after and and all the success that the the program has had on a national scale. Um, you guys were were really laying the foundation then. How how much pride do you take in that? Looking back on it, well, um, yeah, you're so right there. Uh, I think a lot of uh, those those years uh, of the unsold years and Coach Beard years and my years there, um, they 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 get overlooked. And uh, really, um, what I what I see when I go back through some of my <laughs> some of my notes is that the attendance, overall attendance, went from like 7,500, uh, 7,500 people to say 10,000, and then you've got some games where you had 13 to 17,000. In fact, um, when uh, oh uh, the Drake teams would come in or Memphis State or um, those type of uh, teams uh, within the valley it would be uh, Cincinnati was always a big one um, you know you had 15 to 17,000 people so I, I do think that um, when you look back on that we won being part of this was two Missouri Valley Conference championships and then of course when Wes left the next year um, we were co-champions so mm-hmm. those three years yes um, I do think that uh, without you know the upsets that happened uh, and they were painful in the Midwest Regional, mm-hmm. uh, we we could have gotten back here to uh, Freedom Hall, uh, 
because in uh, the winner was going to play uh, in that Final Four. And all we had to do, we had beaten Kansas that year in Lawrence, Kansas. So uh, we had to beat SMU. Then we were going to play Kansas. And then the winner of that goes to Louisville. So we'd beaten the great JoJo White team out in, at uh, uh, Kansas. And uh, in their um, in their field house uh, that particular year, we were ranked two in the country. So there you go. But it was a it was a bad 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 upset. And um, still, I still remember that one. I remember some of the some of the victories, but you, you know the the painful ones are the ones that you didn't win. So. For some reason, those seem to stick a, a, a long they time. They stick right with you, and and Wes played great that particular night. We all just got beat on a jump ball. I believe it was 80, 82 to eighty or eighty three. Don't hold me to that score, but um, it was uh, quite an upset. Mm-hmm. A lot of a uh, lot of great memories, and well, in some cases, not great with the uh, the upset loss. But they you yeah. shared a, a trip down memory lane, and we appreciate it. Was there? Uh, we were talking a little bit before uh, yeah. we started, and you you mentioned you have a lot of the the memories saved in a in, I, in, I, a, in a scrapbook that that I think you've been going through. And is there anything else that that kind of stands out to you that you wanted to to, to well, get in there? Well, I think uh, what's always interesting to fans is in those particular days um one thing about wesley's wesley had you know some knee problems so he was always uh, having that knee attended to by uh, dr ellis so there was dr rudy ellis that i would say was uh, always helping us uh stay healthy uh and uh and i was just as i went back through there um we played a team um the Bradley Braves, and they had a center, and this this might be interesting. Their center was a guy named Joe Allen, who wore a brace back then, was steel um, on both sides and went from, say, his calf up to his thigh, and that, that steel was not protected. So Wesley, with his injuries, had to guard this guy. He was one of – he gave Wes probably some of the hardest battles that he ever had, and we um, we always – we always knew we were in for a long night when we played them, but uh, got a got a win a win up there in Peoria, Illinois, and then uh, uh, beat them down here too. But he would, with his footwork too, he would always give Wes a bang, and he would use that leg as a almost like a weapon. <laughs> so <laughs> Wes would come out of those really kind of beat up and things. But uh, um, yeah, Freedom Hall just. Um, I think about the the rabid, noisy, uh, you know, the bugle blowing fans and pep bands playing. They would play Herb Alpert, James Brown, and, and you know, I feel good, and they could do anything there uh, for you to keep that whole place rocking. But um, it was uh, it were great times. They were great times. And uh, then you didn't know too who was going to be back in the in the locker rooms after the games. Um, it was pretty loosey-goosey um, in those days, too, Nick, at, at Freedom Hall. So you could see everybody from the mayor to uh, – um, back then they were called ULAs, U-L-A. They were people that kind of supported us and would follow us around the, sure. the country. Yeah, so um, really good uh, 
really good warm uh warm love there from those kind of people so uh and the writers in those days too as i look back you know marvin gay uh dean eagle dick fanlin some of those great writers that that were uh um, at the Courier Journal in those days, uh, were um, close. They were pretty close to us. They they uh, they were right there with uh, with great interviews and trying to uh, <clears throat> follow us. And and they basically uh, well, I think Larry Beck. Do you do you recall that name, Larry Beck? B o b o e c k. Larry Beck was our publicist who i believe came from curry jail and uh we probably hired him away was a great great writer so there's just some of the names that i was just uh felt like i wanted to uh, provide to you that uh would give uh give some people an opportunity to think about the uh, the old uh the old 60s late 60s yeah, this has been awesome. I, I think a lot of folks will enjoy <laughs> the trip down the memory lane and some nostalgia for a lot of folks that remember um, uh, those teams and, and how great they were. And and uh, you certainly a part of that. And we, you mentioned mm-hmm. Butch Beard and Wes, and we talked to Wade Houston as well. So, Jerry, mm-hmm. really, really appreciate the time. Uh, great stuff and uh, yeah. just uh, really, really need to – to get your perspective and, and on those memories, and, and thanks for spending some time with us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nick. All right, once again, big thanks to Cardinal greats Butch Beard, Wade Houston, and Jerry King for stopping by to share some memories of the great Wes Unseld. Thanks again for checking in on the podcast this week. A reminder, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, Spotify, and uh, we invite you to check it out each and every week here we will come back at you next week thanks for tuning in i'm nick curran this is welcome to the ville the official podcast of the louisville cardinals